This is Father Gregory Pine. This is Father Patrick Briscoe. This is Father Joseph Anthony Cress. And welcome to Godsplaining. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to Godsplaining wherever you listen to your podcasts. I realize like part of the way into my introduction that I was holding my missile like this, like I was just about ready to crack it, which is true. We're always poised to read the word, um, but I, I probably should lay it down at least or a little bit. It's great. Uh, exactly. Okay. So uh, it's what here the we people are. Want. It, <laughs> give the people what they want. Uh, so we are back with Advent Lexio Divine, which is pretty awesome. Your thoughts, Father Patrick? Uh, so things that I like that sometimes go out of season: um, Shamrock Shakes. Nice. Nice. Yep. 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 And Big fan. Advent Lexio episodes. <laughs> And I can get anything else on Amazon. That's it. So you have no needs in this world except for those which are imposed by seasonal programming. So we've created a need and now we are supplying for it. Father Joseph Anthony, your thoughts on okay. other seasonal products, whatever is occurring to you at this particular moment? Yeah, uh, pumpkin cream cold brews. That's a <laughs> seasonal uh, <laughs> you know, thing. Back in the fall and it's delicious. Yep. The sweetness, yeah. the nectar that is pumpkin cream cold brew. Wow. So yeah. I, that's, that's where my seasonal thoughts go. That's awesome. I suppose my seasonal attachment, I mean, attachments can be good things. I'm not calling anyone here to the carpet, is um, <laughs> the seasonal shakes at Chick-fil-A. This is like an old and tired trope that I am inclined to indulge yes, in. Right. Uh, but I really like December and January, the chocolate chip peppermint ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I like chewing peppermint and getting it stuck in my molars so that way I can return to it like a happy thought of my youth yeah. later in the day. Um, so that's a great gift. That's a gift that keeps on giving it right does. there. Like, yep. yeah. And then you get a little bit in your beard too. And it's perfect. Um, please so, save us <laughs> <laughs> quick to the song. Exactly. So we're, we're looking forward to a variety of things. Lexio Divine. I mean, we're doing that thing. So we're not looking forward to it anymore. We're just doing it, but we're also looking forward to seek. And all three of us are going to be present at yes. seek provided that nothing catastrophic happens between now and then, like <laughs> a pandemic right. or whatever. The death of a, um, uh, of a pope. Right. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> too that was, no, that yeah, was last uh, year. That was last year. That was why I was there. He was oh, at seek. Oh, I, I got leave. There, right. And then went to Pope Benedict's funeral. <laughs> oh no. Savage. Okay, so seek. We're we're pumped. We're excited. Yes. Awesome. Thoughts, anticipations. Well, I for one am excited about being able to stay in St. Louis <laughs> rather than just check into the hotel and then go back to the airport, which was my experience last year. So so many people are going back to St. Louis, but I guess technically I'm going to St. Louis for the first time <laughs> since I really wasn't there last year. Yeah. Again. Yeah. The first time again. Mm -hmm. Together again. That's right. Again. Yeah. Again. It's sort of like it's sort of like a great poem, seeing it as if for the first time. Nice. Mm -hmm. You might yeah. check back in the annals of the God's Planning Podcast to hear Father Patrick and I opine with reckless mm -hmm. abandon about a poem about which we know very little. Wait a second, you say? That sounds like every God's Planning episode. <laughs> hey, you are right. You are absolutely right. <laughs> Um, Father Joseph Anthony, yep. you're pumped to bring some Catholic who's. Yeah, uh, this absolutely. will be what for you, like seven, eight, a billion? Um, somewhere in that realm. Like, I think it's my eighth uh, focus conference. So I'm the veteran of the group, one would say. But no, we're bringing a whole crew of uh, students from the University of Virginia out. It's going to be a party. And um, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite moments throughout the year. Uh, it's like a big family reunion. You always get to connect and uh, see people that you collaborate with and work with uh, from years past or that you've uh, had different uh, engagements with, but everybody is there at SEEK. So it's a opportunity to bring our students um, and to connect with a bunch of my friends that I don't get to see too much because we're all spread over the nation. But also um, it's a, I've seen it year after year after year, 
it's a real transformative encounter for our students. There are a lot of students that maybe are just getting into their faith or just want to get away from their family for five days over Christmas break, but they have a real uh, transformative encounter with the Lord. And then we get to follow that up from, uh, from that point on in our campus ministry. So I'm excited. I know the Lord has big things planned for uh, Seek. He always does. And I, w- I just want to have that kind of courtside seat to watch him work in the, in that environment. Blamo. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm getting pumped. Uh, as I made mention of several times at this point, uh, other things, uh, you've heard us now give announcements for our retreat fundraiser a couple of times on the podcast. So the time is drawing nigh. This is the last weekend to give. We're super appreciative. Anything that you can muster. Basically what we do is we take all of those dollars and we just reduce with those dollars, the cost of the retreat for those who want to attend. So like last year, you know, the retreat center charged X number of dollars for a single and X number of dollars for a double. And we just charge people X minus whatever is like 20, 30. Uh, we still ended up losing money on the retreat because that's just what we do with retreats because <laughs> this is a ministry. Let's go baby. Um, so we just use that to reduce the cost so that more people who might otherwise be able to attend can. So super grateful. The people who are able to attend also thank you. With that, I think we're ready to rock. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and say the collect for this Sunday's liturgy uh, to lead us into a meditation on the readings. Let us pray. Grant your faithful, we pray, almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Father Joseph Anthony, would you go ahead and read for us the first reading? Absolutely. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. You, Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer, you are named forever. Why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways and harden our hearts so that we fear you not? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you. While you wrought awesome deeds we could not hope for, such as they had not heard of from of old. No ear has ever heard, no eye has ever seen any God but you doing such deeds for those who wait for him. Would that you might meet us doing right, that we were mindful of you in our ways. Behold, you are angry and we are sinful. All of us have become like an unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves and our guilt carries us away like the wind. There is none who calls upon your name, who, who rouses himself to cling to you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us up to our guilt. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. So there's some brutally honest language or the kind of brutal admission of our own weakness. I think often of, I think it's a line from the Council of Trent, which says effectively left to our own devices, the only things to which we can lay claim are sin and falsity. And you're like, woof, that doesn't sound well adjusted to the 21st century. Um, But what's the point of being well adjusted to the 21st century if it's not true? So that's true. Uh, Now, mind you, there are different ways of reconciling ourselves to this or different ways by which to enshrine in our own interior lives the exterior facts that obtain. And I think this gives us a helpful way by which to do it. Sure, you know, we are sinful. Sure, 
Uh, I mean, you can just trot out some of these beautiful images. Our, our guilt carries us away like the wind. We're insubstantial. We're lacking in anything kind of like worthwhile, again, left to our own devices. But here's the thing. We aren't left to our own devices, provided that, you know, our Lord, who has promised to be in hot pursuit throughout the entire length of our days, comes through on said promise. And spoiler alert. He does. Um, so when we end, you know, this particular reading with the the kind of recollection, the corporate recollection, oh, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. It's a reminder with a very rare reference to the fatherhood of God in the Old Testament mm-hmm. of his provision of his providence uh, that we don't need worry or we needn't worry about being left to our own devices because our Lord, uh, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ, as we know him, as we see his his human face has provided or has, you know, promised to provide for us in most excellent fashion. Like Lent, Advent is is very much a season of return. It's a kind of recalibration as we head into Christmas. And we hear this beautiful language of return, first of all, in the reading. uh, But the collect also does that for me because those were the first words we heard of the new mass translation back when the new Mm. translation was introduced in the United States. So in 2011, when we made that switch, uh, that first collect of the, of the Sunday of Advent, that was the first language that we heard in the new translation. And so whenever I, whenever I hear that new translation, I, I remember whenever I hear the collect of Advent, I remember that introduction of the new translation. And I remember all of us sitting in St. Joseph hall here at the priory with, with one of the fathers going through, all the language of the mass and teaching us what the new what the new responses would be and going over it all together and it's extraordinary how clear that memory is in my mind and how that came rushing back when i heard the words of the mass and that's what the lord is inviting us to um, to return to him with that with that same vigor to return to him with that same sense of urgency to return to him with that same love that nostalgia. When I hear when I hear the collect, I think, oh my gosh, this is just so beautiful. And I'm just so glad we have this new translation, which is lovely. And the and those words make me want to run to the Lord. Um, so this call, this invitation of the prophet to Israel is ours as we enter this Advent season. The Father begging us to return to him, to set aside our ways, our former ways, and to look forward to the new things that the Father is calling us to. The season of Advent is one of the most popular liturgical seasons for most people um, is preparing for a great festive occasion, which is the nativity of our Lord. Uh, but there's this deep affinity for the season of Advent that you won't, you don't really find with ordinary time or you don't really find with even Lent um, that there's people enjoy Advent. Um, and I think part of it is that in this first reading from the prophet, it expresses the heart of the Advent season, which is a longing. It is a longing for the return of God that will be in its fulfillment uh, in Christmas and in the Christmas season. But this first Sunday of Advent, this very first reading plunges us into the depths of our longing for God. And the prophet does a beautiful job in kind of articulating the best way to um, express this longing is also to recognize the reality of where we currently stand. 
where are our feet at this moment? And yes, we recognize that left to our own devices, like Father Gregory was saying, we, we will be carried away by the winds of our sins. But it's that recognition that we are in a desperate need for our God that we long for and to be a part of them. But it, en- it begins and ends with this recognition that God is our father and that we are his. He has claimed us. And so even in this um, expression of the longing of our heart for our God, there is a, a strong confidence, both at the beginning and the end of what the prophet is saying here, that yes, our God is ours and he has claimed us for himself. With that, then we can turn to the liturgy's second reading. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus, that in him you were enriched in every way, with all discourse and all knowledge, as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and by him you were called to fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so earlier this fall, I was driving on Father Joseph Anthony's favorite highway, the New Jersey Turnpike, and I was in a rental car, and so I didn't have the, the, the easy pass that our priory cars have, which meant I had to pay the toll. Um, and little fun fact, I didn't know if you were aware of this or not, but I certainly wasn't, <laughs> that if you go to pay the toll without the easy pass, you can't pay with a credit card, <laughs> which was super exciting because I did not have cash. And so I got to the toll booth and the total for the stretch uh, that I had driven on the highway was $20.05. And I literally had only So, so I am, and by the way, I didn't have the cash like right in the console. I had to get out of the car and go rummage around in the trunk because I had hidden my emergency cash in the trunk. So there I'm at the toll booth, like digging around through the trunk and all I come up with is 20 bucks. I'm still five cents short and I have to go to the New Jersey turnpike toll booth lady and say, Hey, um, I know that you're asking me to pay this much, but I only have this much. Uh, and she was very gracious. And she provided, as she opened her purse, and she was like, no problem, Father, I gotcha. And she stuck another nickel in there. Um, and it was great. It was very generous. But I think there are, there are a lot of times where we, where we feel in our spiritual lives that we're, that we're coming up short, that we don't have enough, that we're not going to make it through. And St. Paul's words to the Corinthians here are exactly the opposite. You will not be lacking, he tells them, in any spiritual gift. God's grace is such that you will not lack in any spiritual gift. And again, there are so many times where it's easy to tell ourselves, I don't have that, or I don't have enough, or I'm not going to be able to make it through. And the word from the the scriptures this Sunday is exactly the opposite, that the Lord will provide and that we will have enough. We will have what we need. When we... um enter into this Advent season and thinking about the longing, one of the things that we can be discouraged at is if we're longing for something that means we don't present, it's not current to us, it's not present with us, it's not here, it's over there. 
And so we have this desire, this longing for it. And in that recognition, there can be this kind of discouragement or sadness that I don't have that. And I wish I had that. And there's a deficiency here. And what St. Paul is encouraging um, his hearers this day is the fact that the Lord has provided everything. He says he's enriched you in every way. And as Father Patrick was saying, that uh, you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. So in that, in this season, as we are preparing our hearts to receive Christ anew at, at Christmas, we too should not be discouraged that as he is at a distance from us in this earthly journey, um, as he reigns in heaven at this time and we express our longings for him, it's not that we express a longing because he's absent to us. It's not because we express our longings because he's uh, so much at a distance that we can only kind of conjure up this figment of our imagination of what we think he should be. But he has given himself totally to us in the spirit and it's actually that spirit that creates that desire and cries out with groans that, and longings that we have. And to hear St. Paul speaking to us that he has enriched us, even in this present moment, even as we're expressing our longings, he has fulfilled us and continues to fulfill every one of those desires. And as he says, we are not lacking with any spiritual gift. I want to expand upon things that both of you said. Uh, we would often joke in the <laughs> student eight years that whenever you made a comment oh, at gosh. chapter, you always had to preface it by saying, uh, piggybacking off the last comment. And the last guy could have been talking about like cucumbers. You'd be like, piggybacking off the last comment. I saw a hippopotamus the other day. And it's like, <laughs> what in the actual world are you talking about? Um, but I intend to actually piggyback. Um, so, so thinking specifically about being equipped, or being provisioned with every good and perfect gift. And then the present reality of that as in no wise deficient. Um, I wanna just kind of draw our attention to the connection between grace and glory. So sometimes we think about heaven as divorced from our present experience, or we think about heaven as discontinuous with our present experience. But truth be told, there are only two terminal states, heaven and hell. Those states overlap here on the surface of the earth, and we have the opportunity to choose between them. Uh, and so all the way to heaven is heaven, as St. Catherine of Siena often said. Mm -hmm. And we have that confirmed for us in the fact that grace and glory are the same thing. Grace obviously can be lost or it can be diminished. Glory cannot in any way, shape or form. It admits of no fear. Um, but, but still, like what we experience here at present in the life of grace is a foretaste, is a prior indication of the life of heaven. And so we know that what we are provided with here is sufficient because it's the very stuff of heaven. It's the very hope that lies in store. And we see that grace articulated in our interior lives in a variety of ways. And I'm thinking here especially of courage because it takes courage to live your human life. Uh, people won't often describe it in those terms. It's like either you're happy or you're doing something wrong. Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's just not true. You might be sad and it might just be the case that it's a sad season of life. But here's the deal. Time to continue on the march towards the heavenly horizon. And one of the gifts that God gives us is courage. Father Patrick and I, we preached a retreat this summer for uh, men in Brevard, North Carolina, God's splendid retreat called Soldiers and Martyrs. And it was a meditation on the virtue of courage. And we talked a lot about this capacity to endure, to bear up well. Because while it is true that life is for you, it's addressed to you by God, it will often feel like life is being done to you. And in those moments, in order to find intimacy with him who comes, you know, on the highways of the clouds, uh, it's, 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 to, it's for us to kind of draw on these interior stores, which our Lord himself has given. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and turn to the gospel. Father Patrick.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. But I say to you, I say to all, watch. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doing it. Yeah, we're going for it. Um, this is not the first time that our Lord has encouraged us, his disciples, to be attentive, to be watchful. And, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a common encouragement that he gives to us. Um, and my students in UVA will know this is a common story I'll tell is I learned how to be attentive and learned how to be watchful when I was in high school. Um, my father is a wonderful man, um, and he was able to arrange uh, every morning for the school bus to pick me up at, at our house. Now, this is unique and special because I went to a Catholic high school that was in the town next to us. It was probably about 22 miles away or so. And there had to be transportation provided. So our local school district would provide a school bus pickup uh, in the pickup spot was at the local public high school. And so everybody had to get there. But my father, being the great man that he is, was able to convince the school bus driver every morning to come and pick me up uh, at the front steps of my own house. And so 6 a.m., I'd be there waiting for that school bus. And I would see it come around the corner and then come up the, the county road 56 out on to our front steps. And I learned how to be attentive because each and every morning I would sit there and wait. And you, I started to learn the signs that would kind of convinced me that this was a school bus. I learned the difference between a, a big diesel engine and a little internal combustion engine. I learned the different color and shading of the headlights of the school bus as it made that final cur curve in the dark of the night versus just a random pickup truck. And I used to sit there and just watching the horizon, listening, and being so attentive to each and every little, um, little signal that I could see and hear to discern whether or not that was my, my school bus coming or some just random person driving down our road. And so when the Lord encourages us to be attentive and to watch, it's that we have this depth of knowledge because we've spent time with him. We, we understand him and we start to see those little signals, those precursors that give away his approach. What does it sound like? What does it look like? Is this the Lord that is approaching? And we've been able to spend time and know him so intimately that we recognize his approach, maybe even before we actually lay eyes on him exactly. And so this encouragement in the very first week of the gospel, this to remind us that we too have to spend time with him so that we can intimately know him and we can see his approach coming even at a distance. Yeah, so I, I'm often confused by this kind of clarion call to watch or to be watchful, to be alert, to stay awake, because it almost sounds as if the Lord is trying to catch us off guard which would be creepy. And as you know, dear listener, that's my standard of falsity, as if it makes God sound creepy. And so, so then what is being communicated to us with this encouragement? I think Father Joseph Anthony, the way that you described it is very beautiful. And I find it helpful to meditate here on the distinction between servile fear 
mm-hmm. and filial fear, right? So the servant watches for the master lest he fall asleep and get beaten. The son watches for the master who is in fact his father out of desire, right? Out of attention uh, because the advent of the father is his greatest joy, is his greatest delight. And I think that, you know, there's, there's a place for servile fear in the Christian life. It's good to know the punishments that may lie in store if we were to transgress and step outside of the bounds of this relationship. But that's not the whole thing, obviously. That's not the last word to be pronounced upon our eternal fate. What we're being welcomed into, and we made allusion to this with the first, uh, the first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, is to the very household of God, not in like sterile or otherwise hyper-sanitized terms, but in all of its intimacy, right? In all of its tenderness. And so when we watch, it's like the way that, you know, a small child watches for his dad's return from work because it's the best part of his day. And it means he can go out on the front lawn and play catch until such time as he collapses from exhaustion and then is carried off into his little bed. Um, so, so I think that when we hear this call, we, we realize that in his proclamation, the Lord is pulling forth from us a kind of desire, an attentiveness that is the fruit of love, a love which he himself is dispensing with great generosity. I think it's important to ask, what does it mean to be alert? And what does it look like when we're sleepy? And because we're talking about, we're talking about watching, but it may, it may not be clear to people how this actually translates into what they should or shouldn't be doing in the spiritual life. So sleepiness, um, well, that that as we sort of as we sort of work through it, sleepiness is when you're when when your when your eyes are closed, you're sort of drowsy, you're not clear headed, right? Uh, you're you're not re- you're not ready for the coming, so you've got your bathrobe on and you don't want people to see you. Um, there's a kind of shame or embarrassment behind it. Okay, so so compare that to alertness, right? Where you've shaved. Um, every day, some of us, you know, just saying here. Um, so you've shaved and, you know, you've combed your hair and you don't smell like something from the backyard or a dumpster when you're joining your brothers for their morning prayers. Okay. okay. So, so this is alertness. You know, this, this is readiness. So spiritually, alertness is fostered by being present to God, by setting, carving out time for, for our prayer, by straining to hear his voice, so training training the ear by listening to scripture, by reading scripture, so learning learning the way that God speaks and allowing that to have a fulfillment in the heart by taking on by taking on uh, other kinds of disciplines during the advent season. So it's not the the season of rigorous fasting that Lent is, but by by fostering a special moments of generosity in the family by um, by uh, by being generous with money and with time to people in need. Um, all, all of this is, is what, what makes the spiritual life alert. And those things, those practices, drive sleep from our eyes and allow us to receive the Father when he comes. Boom. There you go. To receive the Father when he comes. Um, I'd like you to know, dear listeners, that Father Patrick, in his description of the brothers who show up early in the morning, uh, somewhat unprepared for their morning regimen, that was... Biographical, um, and uh, I won't say who, but he may be contributing to this podcast, and he may be me. Uh, just kidding, uh, but seriously. Um, so thanks so much for tuning in to this uh, this episode, this Lexio Divina. Obviously, we're we're pumped to continue the journey with you over the course of the next few weeks. It's a bit of a shorter Advent, with Christmas coming early on in the fourth week thereof. Um, so yeah, so we'll just use this as a time of preparation, even though the season itself is brief. 
Again, thanks so much for your generous contributions to this uh, retreat fundraiser that is at present ongoing. And, uh, you know, for those of you who will be there at SEEK, we look forward to meeting with you. Uh, so please do come up to us, introduce yourself. And uh, yeah, we look forward to, to chatting. So thanks for listening to this episode of Godsplaining. If you would follow us on all of the things, like subscribe and leave a five-star review on all of the things. Check out the show notes and description and click on all of the things. <laughs> <laughs> no more prayers for you. Please pray for us and we will catch you next time on Godspeed.